Today's episode of Scallion Pancake is brought to you by The Parking Spot. Affordable, stress-free airport parking is the simplest way to begin your next great adventure. Enjoy daily rates at Charlotte for as low as $5 a day. The Parking Spot is the best choice at Charlotte Douglas International Airport. Visit theparkingspot.com to reserve your spot today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 86 of the Stallion Pancake Podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman. And I'm Yvonne Ackerman. And I'm Shai Farjian. Oh. oh! Very special guest with very us. Very special guest. Uh, have you heard of Yafo? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just kind of a big deal here in Charlotte. I cannot believe that we have you with us. Uh, Lafa bread is, yeah. is, is, is manna to you us. You brought Lafa Thank bread to you Charlotte. For, for having me. Yeah. I guess we should start there. Yeah. Let's just start with the lava bread. <laughs> just like skip all the, the beginning uh, stuff. It is, it's, a, it's an interesting <laughs> story with the lava. So when we first were conceptualizing um, Yafo, Frank and I, uh, Frank Chabelli, owner of FS Food Group, we're like, okay, everybody does pita. Everybody knows what a pita is, but we want to be special. So how about we do something different? And I figured what, when you, in Israel, when you go to get food, the pita is the standard, but if you want to make it bigger, like if you go get a shawarma, you can get a pita, or you can make like 99 cents, like make it bigger, uh, supersize it, and yeah. get a lafa. <laughs> so I was like, we'll just make a lafa to begin with. Uh, it's like blanket size. Like you could wrap it yeah, around yourself maybe twice. <laughs> <laughs> and when perfect. we started, we had uh, Peter Reinhardt, who's a professor at Johnson Wales and a James Beard um, um, winner of, uh, on his uh, bread. Uh, his, I think on his, he wanted James Beard for his book. Um, either way, a bread master. Um, and I worked, I spent a lot of time with him trying to adjust the local flour. We used um, Lindley Mill flour from um, uh, Saxapaha up in, uh, by Chapel Hill. And so it was local organic flour, and it was very different than what we had in Israel. And then we had to find the right oven to make that, uh, that dough because it goes... For in South Park, it's like 90 seconds at 800 degrees. The other stores, we have a bigger oven. It's like 30 seconds for 1,200 degrees. Oh, wow. Um, so it was a really, really long process to just like figure out how to make the bread happen. And you can um, see them making the bread when you stand in line, which is my favorite yeah, part. that is the best part. You're <laughs> way in line and you just see the, the yeah. baker. <laughs> so much care. And we should say, I mean, we didn't really say this. So Shai is the, you're the head chef of, of Yafo, or what's the official title? I am the um, executive chef and partner. And partner. So with Frank Sabelli. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. So you were in from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so you designed, you basically did the whole menu, everything. Yes, most of it. Before Frank met me, uh, he, we went to a lady in New York called Dinat Admoni. She's got, I think, like five restaurants in the city. She has a really good cookbook called Balabusta. Um, she has Taim Falafel in New York City. Oh, yeah, I've been there. Um, and in that... I remember when Taim opened, that was like a huge deal. I want to go there. Oh, you can go to Yafo. It's kind of yeah. the same, yeah. kind of the same right? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was way before Yafo. <laughs> a little better, but... <laughs> no, no, Inat uh, is an awesome chef and a great, great woman. And... Um, we, I flew to New York and spent three days in her kitchen uh, learning from her. Oh, that's awesome. How to make, because before Yafo, I've never made, in a restaurant, I've never made like Israeli food. I've always did fine dining. I've all, I, I worked for David Burke in New York City. Uh, I worked for an um, Israeli French fusion, fusion restaurant in Tel Aviv. Um, so when we decided to open Yafo, it was like, yeah, I know how all this food tastes, but I've never made it professionally in a kitchen. Uh, I've only made falafel in the kitchen one time, and that's when David Burke himself asked me to make it. Um, <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, shit. Because I, I, I made him pita, and he's like, okay, now you got to make falafel to put it in. I'm like, listen, that takes like two days, and you got to soak it. And no, no, just use canned chickpeas. I'm like, oh, damn. Oh, canned chickpeas. <laughs> you cannot do that. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not no. recommended. And then I was like. Uh, what I, are his restaurants? What's David Burke's restaurants? Um, well, it's funny enough, he doesn't own the David Burke restaurants anymore. He used to have David Burke Townhouse. Yeah, David, Townhouse. I've been, I've, uh, that was his steakhouse. That was, um, a, that was a really cool restaurant. Is that the one you worked yeah. at? Uh, no, I worked at, um, well, I started at the beginning at, um, what was the name? David Burke, David Burke Kitchen in Soho. It's yeah. at the James Hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bar on the roof called the Jimmy. 
that's where I started. I actually went there looking for a Lafa oven. <laughs> I went to New York to look at a Lafa oven before I even met Frank, because uh, it's also a pita oven. And I had dinner at David Burke Kitchen, and he was sitting at the table next to us. And I was like, at the end of the meal, and we had a couple of bottles of wine. So I went to him, and I said, hey, thank you, chef, for the dinner. Everything was really good. And my wife was like, by the way, he doesn't have anything to do right now. Are you guys looking to hire? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he said, yeah, he gave me his card. And then the next week, I went to New York and started starting with David Burke. Wow. Um, So I worked at the James Hotel, and then... On my second round in New York, I worked at a restaurant called Fabric at the Archer Hotel um, under a great, great chef and a great mentor for me. His name is Aiden. Uh, I still can't pronounce his last name. Um, But he used to be executive chef at Janoon, which is a Michelin star Indian restaurant in New York. Uh, And then he went to David Burke, and uh, I worked under him, and he taught me a ton of things. Mostly about how to run a kitchen. Also about food, but also about how to treat people and how to... um, Make a team. Okay, so let's let's back up. Yeah, we went like let's all the way. We, yeah, <laughs> let's go all the way we, back to. It's Israel. like one of those movies when like the person blows up in the first minute, and yeah. then you have to go back in time rewind. and figure out how he got there. <laughs> yeah, That's how did he get to New York? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so you grew up in Israel. So how did you get started in food? I'll go even farther back. Um, my parents. So my mother is American. My mother is from Portland, Maine. Uh, oh. Both of my grandparents are Holocaust survivors. After World War II, they uh, moved to Portland, Maine. Uh, my mother grew up there, went to Brandeis for college. As all do, good Jews yeah, do. Yeah, can't do any, <laughs> any, more, any more Jewish uh, New England from th- than that. And then um, decided she wanted to go to Israel and teach uh, Hebrew at high school. And then she went wow. there and she met my father, who was born in Iran. And during the uh, Islamic Revolution in Iran, his family fled and went to Israel. Um, so he, I think they came to Israel when he was like one or two years old. So um, not Jewish. So he's Persian. No, no, he's Jewish. Oh, he's yeah, Jewish, yeah. He's Jewish, Persian, yeah. Um, so, and then my parents met in Israel. I grew up there. Um, and so I kind of like got my food heritage more from my father's side of the family. Because uh, Persian food's like amazing, yeah, really, really good. That's what more. Um, that's more mm-hmm. is Persian. The Aframians. Oh, right. I don't know yeah. if you know them. What's the name? Aframians. No, but the last name sounds sounds like, familiar. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, Persian, <laughs> sounds right. Like Farchian, Aframian, like everything yeah. with the uh, like a n. Oh, and yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of people ask me if I'm Armenian as well, um, but it's kind of like in the region, so the last name. Yeah. The same. Uh, anyway, so. My mother learned how to cook from my grandmother on my father's side because my grandparents were both, like I said, Holocaust survivors, not good cooks. <laughs> and, uh, my mother was also not a great cook. Uh, she had her heart into it, and she really <laughs> tried. Um, and she had a few things that she did really well. But uh, other than that, my father is probably a better cook than her. Um, grew up in Israel um, with that background. Went to the military. I did seven years in the military. Seven, eight years, yeah. Uh, I was a major. So explain, because people might not know, like in, in Israel, you have to go to the You have the to. It's mandatory for uh, three years for men, two years for women. Um, I went to officer school, so I stayed. And it's different in Israel. You start from the bottom. So if you're a good soldier, then you're going to go to sergeant school. If you're a good sergeant, then you're going to go to officer school. In the U.S., if you went to college, you're qualified to, you know, tell people what to do. Mm. <laughs> uh, so you become an officer just by going to college. Um, in Israel, it's a little different. First, you become an, you know, you grow up in the ranks, um, and then if you're actually a good officer, then the military would send you to school, uh, and that's what they did with me. Uh, I have a degree in economics and supply chain management, and I left the military, and f- I didn't finish my degree during my military service. I left, um, and then I started cooking during college, uh, and. I, when I was younger, before my military service, I worked at the only restaurant in my hometown. By the way, Jason told me earlier that he's visited my hometown. I've no been way. there. I don't remember why. How uh, do you say it? Because I it's called I, Carmiel. Yeah, I was gonna, Carmiel. I was gonna say it like Carmel, like a real southern person. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I've been there. I don't know why. I had to ask my dad. That's awesome. Uh, it's it's super tiny. Oh it's my like gosh. Thirty thousand people live there. Um, but Israel's so cool because you're just like driving. You're just like. You know, you're driving, and then, like, I think my mom, like, there's, like, an art gallery there that she liked. 
I think that's why we went Could there. Could be. So, that like, statues. Uh, there's, like, uh, statue gardens and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Israel is tiny. Like, if you'd go from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, it's, like, one hour. And then okay. 30 more minutes, you're in Jordan. Oh, I didn't so, know. Yeah. yeah. And, like, like so really driving small. from Tel Aviv to Car- 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 Carmel takes, like, an hour and a half? Uh, an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. yeah. Roads so, you can be, like, you think of Israel as, like, you know, it's really small. You yeah, can it's, get um, the whole it's about the size of New Jersey. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. That puts it into perspective, <laughs> but still crazy that you yeah. went there to yeah. his town. So, how, what made you start cooking? Was it just a, was it a stress um, relief, or just because you you had to eat? And I've always loved it, always. And then when I was in the military, and I would come home on the weekend and make food for my uh, my fi- my friends and my family. And um, all my friends are like, "Oh, you should definitely leave the military and like go open a restaurant." It's like, well, I'm way behind behind on opening a restaurant. <laughs> First, I got to see if I'm good at it. Then I got to see if I'm, I'm like very methodical and things. Um, so I decided when I left the military and I started cooking. Um, so I went to the only person that I knew in Tel Aviv at the time at the restaurant world, which is the girl that her dad used to own the only restaurant in Carmiel. And I worked for him as a dishwasher when I was 17. And now she's managing this uh, restaurant in Tel Aviv uh, with a celebrity chef. And it was like a French... Middle Eastern fusion restaurant. So we do like foie gras baklava oh. or uh, blue crab falafel, things like that. It was really yeah. good. That sounds amazing. Um, and it was a tiny kitchen. The whole kitchen was probably smaller than this room. You couldn't fit more than five people in the kitchen, including the expo. Um, and like the workspace was on top of the freezer. So if we were like prepping and somebody needed something from the freezer, <laughs> you'd like have to stop what you're doing, pick up your cutting board, <laughs> move to the side, and they'll like open the freezer and like, shit, it's not here. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then close it. And then so I went to the only person I knew. Um, I'm like, hey, remember me? I washed dishes for your dad like seven years or eight <laughs> years ago. <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah, of course. Come back tomorrow. I'll set you up with an interview with the chef. Uh, and I started doing that, and I quickly got promoted, and I was a sous chef there. Uh, so I was a full-time student and a sous chef at the same time. It was kind of probably the craziest period of my life, if you put seven years in the military on the side. <laughs> um, but so I would wake up at 8 a.m., go to school, be at school from 8 to 3, 3.30, and then go to a restaurant at 4 o'clock for dinner service, work till 1, and then go to sleep wake up, do it again. Um, And then on Thursday mornings, I would work for Birthright. Uh, I did a little thing for them. So it was fun. It was a really good time. Um, Just before that, I met my wife. Uh, She's from Charlotte, um, just like Jason, all the unicorns. Yes. Uh, (laughs) It's only a few of us. The Jewish Charlotte natives, too. That's even more of a unicorn. (laughs) It's a double unicorn. Yeah, Yeah, me, Alyssa, Uh, and his wife. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Um, and why was she there? So she wanted to be a doctor and she, so she went to, it was, uh, 2008 and the market was crashing and all of her friends were losing their jobs here. So she went to Israel on a program to work at, uh, hospitals, volunteers at hospitals. And, um, then she just stayed there. She had a gig at a program that was putting, uh, American interns in companies in Israel. And she was running that thing. And I met her around that time. Um, and she just stayed. We stayed there for six years. Well, she was there for six years. Um, and where'd you guys meet? Tinder? So there was no <laughs> Tinder at the time. Oh, no. <laughs> that's yeah, how, 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 that's how I feel. Then. I was like, how was I single? <laughs> yeah. like, I know. It seems impossible. <laughs> what did people do? Um, so talk to people about that. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> so it depends on who you ask. If you ask me and my friends, like we met at a club in Tel Aviv. <laughs> if you ask her, we were introduced <laughs> by friends. So one of my friends... <laughs> was dating one of her friends. Well, she thought they were dating. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> We've all been there. Uh, <laughs> so they were seeing each other. And <laughs> I used to be like their designated driver all the time. So um, she was like, oh, you're so nice. And like you always drive us around when we're drunk. <laughs> um, and then she was like, oh, how about I have someone I want to introduce to you. So we, she brought her. And... Uh, my wife's name is Sharon. Um, Sharon Salad at Yaffa was named after her. Oh. Uh, 
most people think it's because of Sharon Road. Because of the road, because no. the first location yeah, is yeah, no, what it, it is Sharon's salad. That's of awesome. Her. It's all this stuff that she likes at a salad. I don't even like this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but for her. Uh, yeah, but no, it's um, it's different. I like more of like hearty food, and it was like kale and quinoa. And it's the healthy one, it's, it's for re- Sharon. Yeah. It's a really good salad, actually. Um, I sometimes eat it. Um, so I, uh, I met Sharon. It was great. We lived together in Tel Aviv. We lived a block off the ocean, oh. uh, of the Mediterranean. Uh, we had a dog that we uh, adopted. We, well, she was a foster failure. I know you guys are dog people. Yes. Yeah. I could never um, foster. I'd be a foster failure, yeah, too. She was a foster <laughs> failure. We yeah. tried to give her to two different families, and we took her back. Yeah. Um, we still have her. She lives I was going to say, now. so yeah. how you brought her we on brought the her plane? With us. Yeah, we brought her on the plane. Wow. Um, what type of dog is it? Uh, she's a Pointer Lab mix. Oh. Uh, black Lab and Pointer. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, I really love hearing really that because, you know, it's like... It's like the one time you could almost understand someone having to give up a dog would be an overseas move because a lot of dogs but couldn't why? make it. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do it. It's I our just... dream to take the dogs like when we go on a trip. Yes, I'd love to have like it because we have pugs and they can't yeah. go under. Well, so I wouldn't do it again. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not great. No, I don't think it's be, great for, her, for them. It's not good for them. So yeah, my wife tough on was them. like really stressed about it before uh, we went and. So some people said, like, give him something to calm him down. Yeah. And so we did it, and we gave her uh, that pill as a test drive, like, at home. Yeah. But she was stoned. Yeah. <laughs> she was out of her mind. And then in a good she, way or a bad in way? In a bad way. Okay. And she couldn't figure out what's going on. Oh. And she tried to get up, and then she, like, split. She made a split, <laughs> and she fell on it. And my wife was, like, freaking out, and she called the vet. And the vet was like, how much did you give her? She said, I gave her the pill. It's like, oh, we told you to give her half a pill. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So she was fine. <laughs> she could have done uh, two round trip flights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I told my wife, how about you talk to someone? I heard of all these like, you know, you can say it's an emotional support dog or whatever, yes. which used now is more common back then. Right. It wasn't as common. Um, so she called this psychiatrist. And she's like, listen, I have major anxiety. I need you to write me. <laughs> but gen- genuinely, like genuine anxiety about yeah. putting the dog under the plane. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> and she's like, I have major anxiety. <laughs> and I need you to like write a note that says I have to talk to take the dog on the plane with me. Yeah. And he's like, How in- like what's your anxiety? She's like, really anxious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really it's anxious. Highly, it's <laughs> severe. <laughs> and um, uh, I need and it. I'm like, I'm really <laughs> worried about it. And he's like, Well, how about I give you some Xanax? <laughs> and She's like, yeah, that too, but also I want to take the dog. Yeah. So <laughs> we went on the airplane, and she popped two Xanax in before we went on the airplane, and we woke up in New York, and everything was fine. Oh, so they didn't let you ha- take it as a service no, dog? No, it's an 80-pound dog. It's hard. It's, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was, uh, when was I think, like 2013, we went to South Africa, um, and I saw a woman sitting on an airplane for 12 hours with a um, Vizsla sitting in her lap the whole time. And they can be kind of mean too sometimes. And it's it's a big dog. It's like a seven. <laughs> yeah, and they're dog. big. Yeah. You no, know, now I travel with kids. I don't want my own kids on my lap for <laughs> ten yeah. hours. Yeah, God, I'd I kill d- I took my older daughter to Israel with me last week, um, and it's not easy. Yeah, no, I see people <laughs> traveling with kids, and it's like in a way you're annoyed by them when it's like a crying baby, but you're also like. Godspeed, that must yeah. be terrible. <laughs> I'm like both parts like annoyed and like, oh, when, when, when you have your own kids, you, you feel like way worse for the other people. Yeah, I bet. Um, I bet. Um, you don't, if you're, it's your baby crying and everyone's looking back at you, like, then you I just feel bad imagine. for yourself. But yeah. Yeah. you don't care about the other people. I'm like, I just yeah. want him to stop crying. Yeah. And on the plane, there was a, a baby in front of us that was like, crying like, oh. really bad. And then the woman behind me was like super mean. She's like, why won't they make the baby stop crying? And I turn around like, it's a baby. It's not that easy. If you can make it stop crying, You should have been like, oh, why didn't we think about (laughs) that? Yeah, you can just reason with the baby. Kind of wondering, maybe that woman just likes holding a screaming baby. Yeah, she's telling him, she's like, keep crying. That lady back there hates it. That's a long flight to have a screaming baby, though. So you have two two kids. I have three kids. Three Three girls. Oh, my goodness. So what are the ages? Three and a half, two, and one month. So you took your three and a half year old with you to Israel? That's so cool. Um, It was uh, my sister's wedding. How wonderful for her. Um, and it was really, really hard because I have a brand new baby at home and we didn't know if we'll be able to make it at all. Um, but I took um, my older, her name's Eleanor. I took her with me um, and we didn't tell anyone that she's coming. 
Mm-hmm. Until I called my brother, that's going to pick me up from the airport. I'm like, hey, make sure you have a um, a car seat in the back for a baby. <laughs> um, so and they were so that. excited. It was, it I'm was sure a, yeah, to see they were her. really excited. My had dad, they met her? Uh, yeah, your parents had. I this was her fourth time in Israel. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so well traveled, Eleanor. Uh, yeah, wow. and she's super into it, and she started talking a lot of Hebrew since last week, uh, which she wasn't doing that much before. She understands everything, but she doesn't speak. She speaks back in English. So at your house, so do you cool. speak Hebrew? I try, uh, but again, because they're more responsive in English, then um, then if I really need them to do something, I just say it in English. But yeah, yeah. I know. Last week, I was like, oh, all of a sudden, she started answering in Hebrew. I'm like, oh, this is a really good thing. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, our goal was to make them trilingual because my wife's uh, mother is from Cuba. Okay. Um, more than Charlotte, and she's Juban. That's even yeah. more rare than uh, than uh, yeah. uh, Charlotte. Um, so we're figuring maybe she could talk to them in Spanish, I can talk to them in Hebrew, and everybody else will talk to them in English. Oh, my gosh. Um, They're going to be so but, smart. But it didn't work. And they, both of my daughters started speaking really early. They're like one-year-old. Or they sing the ABCs. I wonder if that's because of all the different languages around them all the time, if that stimulates I hope so. them. Yeah. I hope, they're not doing anything with the Spanish, though. So. Yeah, well, that's a lot. Yeah, we still just speak one language, <laughs> barely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, but it, it's an advantage. Cause my wife also speaks Hebrew, so we used to we could talk about the kids in yeah. front of them. Yeah, and be like understand. this one. It's being now terrible. You can. <laughs> yeah, now you yeah. can. It's like we used to say ice cream. It's like, hey, do you want to give her ice cream yeah, after yeah. dinner? And then my now my daughter is like, hey, ice cream? What? Yeah, I heard <laughs> that. Like, I know what it means. <laughs> wow, um, so you cut your hands full then with so three little get, girls. So so you're working in. Tel Aviv. So working in Tel Aviv um, at a great restaurant under a great chef. Uh, and then my wife kind of got bored and she wanted to do something different. And she was visiting her brother in Chapel Hill. And she said, uh, you know, it's like free admission if I like sign up for uh, my MBA in Chapel Hill. So why not? It's like it's like a, I don't know a sale for the weekend, free admission for uh, King Michael <laughs> MBAs. Um, so she There's did a it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so she did it because she she started her uh, MBA in Israel. In Israel, if you move, if you're Jewish and you move to Israel at a young, older age, then they will sponsor you um, a degree for free. The government will wow. give you yeah. If you That's ever want to do that, yeah, yeah I do want to do that. And awesome food also. <laughs> um, so. Um, so she applied and she got in and she got a full scholarship. Um, so we couldn't really say no. To Did she s- always know she wanted, like, was the plan to go back eventually sort of, or? Event- we were trying to not talk about it. Okay. <laughs> like, cause all of my family's there and my friends and we were living there. Yeah. But then she felt really hard being away from her family. It's so far, yeah. She's always told me, you know, one day, just so you know, we're getting married and everything, but like one day I want to move back to the U.S. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. One day, <laughs> when we're and old then, and gray. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the day after you get married, she's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> today's the day. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was so when she got accepted to business school, um, she was like, okay, well, we're going to move to the U.S. And I said, okay. She said, well, do you want to get married? I was like, I got my own citizenship from my mother. I don't need you for to move to the U.S. Right, you can go, you can go back and forth <laughs> yeah, as you please. Like, yeah. I have my passport. I can work there. I mean, we can move there, but like, we don't need to get married. And she looked at me and like, you're dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> now, what I did wrong know, answer. Yeah, wrong wrong answer. answer. <laughs> what I did know is that like, I was going to propose, but I wanted like, I didn't want it to happen like. That it was a, like, like because she got so in. you were already it was you were already gonna propose. Well, I made it as soon as she got into business school. I made a decision to do it. But like we're in this shitty restaurant and like really not good restaurant in Tel Aviv, sitting at the bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like right now. Like, uh, <laughs> like are you proposing to me? Like this is not a good time to do it. Yeah. And I said, no, I don't want to marry you. I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then I went the next day and bought a ring. <laughs> but like, and then I'm really really bad at like keeping things from her. So that was. Wednesday, I bought a ring on Thursday, and then I proposed to her on, on Friday uh, at Yafo in Israel, in Tel Aviv, uh, at Yafo, actually. Uh, Yafo is a city in Israel. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't so know Yafo is Jaffa. Yeah. Yafo is a city in Israel. There's a place, it's called... Um, it's really, it's uh, like the oldest, is it the... It's uh, the oldest part of Tel Aviv. It's like 2,500 years old. Uh, one of the oldest port cities in the world. Okay. Uh, so like Napoleon was there. Uh, it's a lot of history. 
So really. is that you named it Yafo because of the history or because you proposed to your wife there? No, no. We <laughs> named it Yafo mostly because that's what our lawyers say we can do. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's also uh, a good No, we had, a, we had a list of names and we wanted something. Yafo is like really regentrifying and it's a city, it's an interfaith, uh, multicultural city, uh, bilingual. Uh, Jews, Christians, and Muslims live in Yafo. Oh, so that kind of works thematically too. And you know, it's like we wanted something that's tradition, but it's like really regentrifying. So you yeah. have these like hundred of years old um, stone houses that are turning into bars and restaurants, and like the, the really the the nicest restaurants in Tel Aviv are now in, in Yafo. Uh, so we wanted something that's tradition, but also new, and that um, kind of like shows that whole thing of um, multicultural and peace and coexisting. That's the perfect name then. So what did you do while Sharon was in school once you got back here? Uh, I had to, well, she started school and I had to finish, I had to graduate my school and we got married in Israel. So before the wedding, we had six months where we were apart. Huh. Um, and then I was doing the wedding thing and I would call her like a, a meeting with the DJ. I would like put her on Skype or FaceTime. She's like, yeah, just as long as there's Beyonce on, I don't care. Do it. <laughs> it's like whatever you want to do. <laughs> She's a little preoccupied. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she came to Israel two days before the wedding with her wedding dress and a suitcase. Oh, my goodness. Um, and we got married. And then two days after that, um, we already had to go back. Maybe three days after that, we had to go back because her winter break was done. Um, so we went to Chapel Hill. And I moved to Chapel Hill. Um, and I worked for a restaurant group called uh, Giorgio's Restaurant Group. Uh, I don't know how often you guys go to Triangle. They have a key post like on never. Franklin Street. Okay. It's a really good Greek restaurant. Um, they used to own uh, Georgia's Brasserie oh, okay. uh, in Charlotte, and then they have a part, I think, in um, Kid Cashew. I think okay. they have a little a part of that. Uh, they got like seven, they have like seven restaurants in the Triangle. Uh, so I worked for them. Uh, again, with a great chef. His name is Yunus. Uh, he came from the Amstead, um, which is a really nice resort up by Raleigh. Um, and it was a huge restaurant. It's like a 350-seat restaurant. And this oh, chef damn. came. And he came from like fine dining, 15-course, 10-course meals. And the line, like the cooking line, I think like six or seven cooks at the same time, like on their own. I was doing the appetizer station. I had my own grill and my own flat top and my own, like it was a giant restaurant. Uh, but he taught me a lot of technique and a lot of things. And that, so I spent um, over a year with him. And then I went back to Israel for a stage uh, um, for another chef in Israel. And then did David Burke. And when my wife graduated... And how long, so how long were you in New York for? No, wait, I did Charlotte before that. So on her internship, she worked for Bank of America. So she had an internship in Charlotte. So I Googled, when we came to Charlotte for three months, and I Googled, like, what's the best restaurant in Charlotte? And Five Church came up. That's what, when they would just opened, like six years ago. Um, I went in there. I introduced myself. I said, listen, I'll work basically for, like, whatever you want to pay me. I just want to learn. And that's what my approach was my whole career is I didn't go to a culinary school, and I was kind of, like, late. I only started cooking when I was, I don't know, 24. Um, so I wanted to work with the best people I could work with. And um, I figured if I'd go to culinary school, I'd have to pay a lot of money to then only make $10 an hour. So I'll about make $10 an hour and try to learn what I can right now. Um, so I worked for Jamie, um, I think it was, like, six months or so. But it got to the point that I used to... So her internship was done, and we moved back to Chapel Hill. Um, but then I would come down Monday morning, work Monday afternoon, and double on Tuesday, double on Wednesday, open on Thursday. And so where were you staying? And my in-laws. And then you'd go back and on the weekend? And then I'd drive back to Chapel Hill. Whoa. And so, stay with your in-laws in between? Yeah. God bless you. So what a I would, schedule. <laughs> I would work 40 <laughs> hours in three days. Yeah. Uh, and then go back on the weekend. And when oh I when gosh. I had to quit, um, the chef de cuisine there, Kyle, I was like, listen, I can't do it anymore. You know, I go home and like, I work three doubles. He's like, yeah, you know, I go home at like 1 a.m. also. And like, it's a, it's a hard life to be a chef. I'm like, yeah, but when you go home, you go to your wife. 
When I go yeah. home, I go to my mother-in-law, <laughs> my father-in-law, who are great people. Yeah, but I imagine at say. the end of a long day, uh, you don't want to. Yeah. You're not going to yeah. your mother-in-law's arms there. I so would, you know, so. But my father-in-law is such a nice guy, and they would like keep beer just for me, and That's I'd come so home sweet. at one a.m. and he would like drink beer with me. Um, but I still couldn't do it anymore. Well, and also that's like that's a long drive every week. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's no joke. Um, so then um, we did New York. So I decided I want to open something for myself. I decided um, that I want to open. My dream was always like a full, like a finer dining, kind of like what I worked in New York in uh, in Tel Aviv, um, which is a chef that took like elements of Middle Eastern food, uh, but mixed it with like elevated French techniques, mm. um, and then. I've been looking, looking. That's what led me to New York to look at that oven. I met David Burke. I uh, did a stage with him for a few weeks on the first round and then came back probably a year later. Um, worked for them for, I don't know, maybe six months or so. Uh, but in between, I always kept in touch um, with the chefs there. Uh, it was great. It was New York. The bank sent us there. So the only way I would live in New York is if somebody else pays the rent. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, Sharon was working yeah, there in New York? Yeah, she was working cool. in New York. Uh, the bank sent us there. They put us on the uh, 37th floor of a brand new building. Oh, my goodness. Um, which was so much fun. And we used to live right by, uh, right by um, have you ever been to Gotham Market? Gotham Market? Yeah. I have it's, a, it's a food hall. It's kind of like, what Jason, they, like Optimus Hall. He's like in charge of us when we go to New York because he lived where there. Where is it? Hell's Kitchen. Uh, so it was. Uh, we're not allowed to go there. No. Well, it's no, clo- it's really not. close to Times Square, so nobody wants to go there. Yeah. Yeah. That's no. We went to. We, time- we're only allowed to go to the. So East I went Village. to NYU and I like lived in New York <laughs> yeah. for seven years almost, and. We went to one Broadway play, and I was like, you've seen Times Square, and like someone urinated on her, and then she's like, I never <laughs> want to come back. And that's why we don't go back. That's true. <laughs> I thought Hell's Kitchen was in Brooklyn, though. I guess I was wrong. No, it's on the far west. Okay, because so, he always so. says we can't go to Brooklyn, which is like where no, all the I don't cool say stuff that. is now. We just but, go for like two days. Brooklyn's like so far. That's what he like, says. If you go to Manhattan, yeah. like Brooklyn. He says it'll take all day. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know because I've n- never you. been, yeah. but I guess it's true because yeah. Shy says so. No, it's cool, but it's like... It's just so far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Hell's Kitchen, is, so we did like 42nd and uh, 10th. So you guys were yeah. right in the middle of all the action. 11, but it was like to the side. Yeah, but it it's not middle, like but right in Times Square. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, we wanted to move to Chelsea, actually. But my dog didn't pass the, um, the test to the doggy daycare. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I didn't so, know they had a test for yeah, doggy daycare. So it's, it's you New think York Frankie City. would pass? They'd no, fail. not God, at they'd all. Our fail so bad. Pass. So our first dog, Lila, she's from Israel. Great dog, bilingual, very patient. <laughs> <laughs> um, our second dog, Donnie, um, we adopted him from the Kibberis County Pound. And he is a total country um, boxer hound mix. We took him to New York City. And the first place where we lived in Hell's Kitchen, the, there was a, a really big doggy daycare at, at the first floor of our building, which was awesome. It was like probably the biggest one in New York that had plenty of space to run. Uh, but we wanted to move to Chelsea. So we took him to a doggy daycare at Chelsea, and there's like an interview process. Uh, so they, took, they bring the dog in, and they introduce him to the other dogs and everything, uh, and he didn't pass. <laughs> wow. That's and so it's not that, so we asked the guy, it's like, it's like, is my dog violent? Should I be worried? Yeah, was, like, what was it? Well, he said he just greets dogs on the nose instead of on the butt, which is very oh, awkward for dogs. He's like a dogs. person. And <laughs> we were worried that other dogs are going to attack him. Yeah, because he's like, they're like, don't come at me from behind. And uh, <laughs> No, the other way, he goes to the Yeah, front. I know. Yeah. They, they like it. They like yeah. it the other way. Yes. Wait, so you, did, you had your first dog from Israel at this time too? Yeah. You always had two dogs in like a New York in a, high rise? Yeah. One bedroom apartment, and big two dogs. bedroom apartment, two eighty pounds dog in a two well, bedroom apartment. In New I feel York. like nobody does that, right? Is that's got to be pretty unusual? Um, <laughs> no, but again, I wasn't paying the rent. So. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, and they spent a lot of time in that in that um, uh, doggy daycare, and they take him for for walks twice yeah, a day. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, they were city dogs, you know, for like, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> so, thinking about it that way, like. Our first dog, Lila, I mean, she lived in Tel Aviv. We used to go to the beach every day, and then she moved to North Carolina, then she moved to New York. Yeah, yeah she's had a good like, life. Change, yeah. yeah. And then awesome. my wife always says, like, her dream is to take her back on the airplane to Israel and let her run on the beach again. <laughs> um, I love that. Full circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so were you guys ready to get out of New York or yes, like, was definitely. it just too, too it, much? It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Um, you know, so we lived like above an Ivan Raman. Oh, yeah. And yes. I oh. would go to Ivan Ramen like four times Love a week. It. I'd get the employee discount discount. Yeah, because I, I went there you. so much. <laughs> we went there. Yeah, we did. One of the last Which times. one? The, the one, one in East Village. Village? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I went that one that I went to that one like four or five times as well. But I lived right above one. Um and they used to have one that was a triple pork ramen. So it's a rum it's a pork broth. Um, not kosher. Definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> Uh, definitely not. <laughs> so it was pork broth, and then there was um, like pork meat in it, like pulled pork meat, uh, pork belly, and oh, then they would put uh, pork rinds on top. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh, I would um, love that. And so that was my thing, and I would go in, and in New York, fifty percent on your ramen is oh, like yeah. a lot of money, yeah. <laughs> especially if you be there every four, day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was there like four days a week. Um, yeah, you can't beat the food. It's so it's so much fun, but I always felt like I couldn't live in New York. I've only been there like short visits, but was it just like an intense, fast-paced lifestyle? And um, yeah, and you walk a lot in New York. Yeah, uh, we, but we were there. It was summer. Uh, we didn't stay for the winter. We were done. Okay. And then now I like I got my one acre with a doggy door, um, and like my dog doesn't have to do any more interviews to get into. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's hoity-toity New York yeah. doggy daycares. <laughs> so we were we were done with New York, and then the bank sent us back to North Carolina, and I was I went back. I was a private chef for for a while, before I went to New York, and then after, and I've been trying to open my own spot, um, and and did you know you so did you know you wanted to do Israeli food? I did, I did, because from a business perspective, like. What can I bring? Like, I can't come here and start cooking, like, shrimp and grits. Right. It's, it's not what I do. It's not. And on, on the creative process, like, you want to bring something that makes you special, something that you connect with. Um, I like shrimp and grits. I don't p- specifically connect with it mm-hmm. uh, on, a, on a personal level. Um, I'm connecting with this lawfare. Right <laughs> <laughs> Hardcore connecting. Try the pickles. Um, the, these, uh, he brought pickles, us food, um, which I was know, dangerous. Such a good pickled guest. Vegetables. He also brought us coconut limeade, which is delicious. I don't know if I've ever had this at Yafo. I know you guys have a lot of really good drinks, but this is, is this your favorite one? Um, recently, yeah. Uh, again, it's way better with alcohol in it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to try I that. I should have done that. Um, is it just, is it coconut? It's coconut milk. Milk, yeah. And uh, fresh squeezed lime juice. Um, That's so good. It's so refreshing. Yeah, yeah, with a little bit of rum, though, it wouldn't yes. be like a like a the best pina colada. <laughs> a lot of rum. <laughs> That's so um, good. So yeah, so I I was here and I was trying to to, to open a restaurant. What was uh, the private chefing like? Were you, is it like you were going into Myers Park homes all the time? So <laughs> That's how I picture it. Yeah, it is. It, mostly South Charlotte. I uh, was big houses uh, connected <laughs> with the the Jewish community that lives in South oh, Charlotte, yeah. who was very good for me. Um, and they were great for me. It's just, there's no, um, consistency in, uh, not consistent. I mean, it's hard because like one day you can get a big thing and then the next two weeks you got nothing. And a big part of it was Alyssa because Alyssa Whalen yes. from Chef Alyssa's Kitchen. So, uh, people ask her all the time, do you want to, do you guys cater? Do you guys do personal chef stuff? And they don't do it. And she would send them to me. Um, which, like, I would owe her forever. I mean, Alyssa really introduced me to the uh, food community in Charlotte uh, when I came here. I met Shout her. out to Chef Alyssa. Yes. Yeah. Um, what a mensch. <laughs> and um, so I met her at a party, uh, like a fall party at somebody's, one of my, my wife's friend's house. Um, I was like, oh, I'm a chef. Oh, I'm a chef. And then we kind of, I, I went and I helped her with a couple of her classes. Um, and then we just stayed friends. And she helped me a lot, meet new people, and she was used to send me some customers. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really hard because people don't understand why they have to pay that much money for somebody who's prepping for them, who, who's cooking for them. Because I would show up, and I'm, like, all organized, and I have everything. Um, you make it look easy. <laughs> yeah, the, the hard part is the prep. Not yeah, the, the days before, the, actual, the shopping, yeah, and the Just, the, just the act, not the actual the cooking, cooking part. Yeah. Um, cooking part's hard, too. Yeah, yeah, but it's not, I mean, but like you already know what you're doing. But you make there. it look so easy yeah. because, yeah, you're so organized and um, it's like, yeah. To like them, they just see LeBron a few hours. James play basketball. It's like, oh, I could do that. And then you're like, <laughs> sprain your ankle trying to run. Yeah. <laughs> or have you ever stood next to him? 
LeBron James. Yeah, he's like uh, they don't, Yeah. <laughs> Jason's <laughs> not allowed within 10 feet of LeBron James. Yeah. <laughs> uh, They'd yeah. be like, don't touch the stars, sir. <laughs> um, so it's private chefing is hard. Also, people, when they pay you, they think they own you. Right. So, Maybe to boss you around. Especially a, a bunch of Jews. I yeah. Mean, that's yeah. like the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Jewish mom, but you also paid for it. Yeah. Yes. And you're also not my Jewish mom. Yeah. So don't talk to me like that, lady. <laughs> that's how I feel sometimes. Uh. <laughs> Jason's so, house. <laughs> I liked it, but it was um, like I wanted something that's more steady and something that will allow me to make my, like what I want, not what other people want. Because they were like, oh, we're having a graduation party, so I want you to make this and that. I'm like, okay. But what if that's not in season or, yeah, yeah, it's not the freshest option or, um, yeah. I cooked a lot of filet mignons. Oh, yeah. I'm really good at the filet mignons. Everybody likes that with some potatoes. Yeah, so I do like, (laughs) so I had this this menu who was super easy and it's like good for everyone. It's like filet mignon and then I would trim it and I would take all the trimmings and make uh, carpaccio Mm. with that. Oh. Um, And people were amazed. When you pound carpaccio at their kitchen, yes, I, like, I'd be pretty like impressed by that, though. All, yeah, but it's like all the bits and pieces of the meat you just like pound yeah, really yeah. thin together. And but they hear you making that racket, and they're like, "Oh, that's that's mad yeah. genius at work." <laughs> and then it's like, "What is this like molecular astronomy?" Yeah, <laughs> um, he made it so skinny. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like, and then it's like, it's raw meat. Can I eat it? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's that's it's the point. Carpaccio, you <laughs> eat it like that. Maybe I'll put some balsamic on it. Or yeah, something. <laughs> and they're like. Okay. Uh, so I would do like uh, filet and carpaccio and uh, green beans with garlic and potatoes. You could probably and, do it in your sleep. Yeah, yeah. And that was like the easiest recipe, the easiest menu. But I, I got sick of it. And I, I really, really wanted to cook the, the food that I, that I wanted to make. Um, and for a year, I've been looking to open a restaurant, but I didn't know anyone here. I didn't know much about restaurants in, in the U.S. as like owning a business. Um, and everywhere I went was like crazy expensive. Um, and nobody would care, like nobody would negotiate with me. Um, and then one day, uh, Alyssa calls me and she's like, Hey, listen, uh, Frank Chabelli called me. He's opening a Mediterranean restaurant. I think you should go talk to him. He's looking for a chef. Um, and I was like, who's Frank Chabelli? (laughs) Stupid me. (laughs) Um, and then I Google it, (laughs) uh, and I gave him a call back and I met him the next day and... That's about it. That's pretty um, great to get hooked up with him. I mean, what a... Yeah, I mean, from not knowing how to own a restaurant, like people ask me, and I was like, oh, do you want to just go and open your own restaurant without Frank? I'm like, if you're on Michael Jordan's team, <laughs> yeah. do you want to go and open your own team? Yeah, <laughs> you're like, already with the best. You know, the person who knows how to do it. Sorry for LeBron yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. LeBron, no. Michael if, Jordan's the best. Yeah. yeah. If you're on Michael Jordan's <laughs> team, like, would you want to go? He's not a good owner, <laughs> though. So, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he knows how to do it in Charlotte specifically. I mean, you really got hooked well, up. Plus, with he probably like really helps with the business side, and then you can focus on the food and making sure. Yeah. The food's so, really yeah, good. but your degree too, you're good at that too, right? I I like numbers. Uh-huh. I really like the numbers, and I'm, I'm good with Excel and stuff like that, which really helps me a lot uh, as a corporate chef and owner, but. You know, even looking for, so we worked for nine months on building the concept. So he hired me, but we didn't have a restaurant. We didn't have a location. We didn't even have a name. So we, when we would write emails, stuff we called the, um, what do you call it, like um, NMC, New Mediterranean Concept. Because right, we didn't yeah. know what, was the, what the name would be. Um, so that's what he, he wanted Mediterranean from the start. So he yeah. like went around and said, like, find me an Israeli chef. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. And I just wanted to make the food that I like to make. So it's a perfect match, um, yeah. We met and it, like when I was trying to negotiate before that when I was trying to open my own restaurant and I was going to negotiate rent with someone and they wouldn't give a fuck about me cuz I'm nobody. But then when you have Frank negotiating with someone, yeah. You know, or it's it's much easier. So his other mm-hmm. restaurants are not fast casual, correct? Correct. Right cuz he's got good food. No, no, that's no, Bruce Moffat. That's, that's yeah. Sorry. No, no, this is uh, Mama, Mama Ricotta's. Uh, that's right. Maybe. I always get those two confused. Yeah. Uh, very Cut. different guys. Yeah. <laughs> Embarrassing. Uh, yeah, Mama Ricotta's. Mama Ricotta's. It was uh, the burger. It was, uh, Bad Daddy's Burger. But he sold it. Yeah. Yep, okay. Uh, he also started Cantina 1511. That's right. He sold that. Uh, Midwood Smokehouse. and Some Paco, Midwood Smokehouse. Paco's Tacos and Tequila. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, tacos is fast casual? No, 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 no yeah. none of it is fast casual, which is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's totally, and I've never worked fast casual before either. Um, so it's but he really, knew he wanted that from the beginning. He knew he wanted a fast yeah. casual. I knew I wanted a fast casual to start one day, maybe. Like, I would, op- like, I want to, op- like, any chef, I want my, like, 50 seat, 40 seat, uh, fine dining restaurant. Um, but until then, I was like, oh, maybe I, I, fast casual seemed good. Seemed, seemed like a good idea. Was always the plan to have more than one location, or was that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what Frank does. Yeah. Um, he's really good at developing concepts and growing them. Uh, they got five Midwoods now, and they had 13 Bad Daddies. Yeah. Um, so it's it really has been a pleasure working with Frank and working for that company. It's uh, his commitment to ingredients. It's like above and beyond everything I've ever dreamed. So we, because we have a restaurant group, so we have 10 restaurants in our group, it's easier for us to go and negotiate with vendors on, so we work with Cisco, who's one of the, probably the biggest um, or second largest uh, food distributor in the country. Um, Cisco brings tahini and our spices from Israel just for Yafo. Oh, no kidding. So like the big, like, multi-billion dollar Cisco, when I connected them with the company at the Carmel Market in Tel Aviv that makes our spices, and they like bring pallets just for us. That's awesome. Um, That's so cool. You know, and before, no I big deal. To, <laughs> yeah, no because of deal. the relationship. Yeah, with, and yeah, because with now we have three restaurants, so we have the volume to support it. Right. And they knew, like, okay, if Frank is starting a restaurant in a few years, it's going to be worth it for us to get on this wagon right yes. now. They'll help um, you out. <laughs> when we opened, I used to like order those spices, and it would take me two weeks to get them. So I would order now for like whatever I'm gonna need in two weeks. It was really hard. I'm trying to get the amounts right. I'm yeah. sure it was hard to get like uh, a. So we as had to keep a really needed. big inventory. Yeah. Uh, and everything. Um, so let's talk about the Shug yeah. sauce because we're wearing no. our Shug merch. Well, before okay. we do that. Okay. So kind of. How about we <laughs> can share the food with Avant? Yeah. No, no, she, no, no she doesn't deserve <laughs> that shit. Because I got him confused here. with Bruce Moffat. <laughs> no. Darn. <laughs> Have you been to NC Red? Yes. Jason went. Not me. This is really good uh, fried chicken. Yeah. The yeah spicy yeah. fried chicken. Do you yeah, have that one? Just, just, yeah. Um, okay. So explain to people Israeli food. Because I think like people, because, you know, there's this, there's Mediterranean food, there's Israeli food, there's Greek food, there's kind of, you know, the Arab type food. Yeah. Like kind of what makes Israeli food unique? It, that's, uh, I mean, Mike Zomonov did a two-hour a documentary about that. Uh, <laughs> so put it into 30 <laughs> seconds for us. <laughs> it's, uh, you should watch it on Netflix called In Search of Israeli Cuisine. Okay. Really good stuff. Yeah, and we need to watch um, that. So Israel is a melting pot. Only been there for 70, uh, 48, 75 years. Uh, 71 years, sorry. Um, and I always tell people, what is Israeli food? So we do um, chicken schnitzel in a pita with hummus and Israeli salad. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so chicken schnitzel is Eastern European Jewish. Uh, schnitzel is Eastern European, but the Jews couldn't eat the pork, so they would make chicken schnitzel mm-hmm. when they came to Israel. Um, so that's kind of like that aspect of it. And then you have like Hamas and Pita, who are like Middle Eastern. You can call it Palestinian. You can call it Middle Eastern, like whatever you want to. Um, so that is that part of it. And then like Israeli salad who's kind of like developed in Israel, and then we put sruga in it, which is a Yemenite com- condiment. Um, and people eat it with uh, couscous, who's North African, like on the side. So it's a melting pot of a lot of different cultures going into one teeny, teeny, tiny spot and been stuck in that really small spot for 70 years. So, I mean, Israeli food is very hard to describe, but uh, as every as everything, food is geography and culture. Um, so they would bring their culture with them from wherever they came from in the world to Israel, and then they would use the local ingredients um, with the geography of what they had, um, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's good because I, like, yeah, because the Jews, basically, when Israel was founded after World War II, all the Jews from all over the world came and brought their different little things, yeah. like you said, from Eastern Europe and all these things, plus you know, all the Arabs were already there and just kind of melted everything magically together. Yeah, which is hard, especially in a place that's so um, culturally charged. 
Yeah. Um, but I feel like food can really, really bring people together. And at least I try to do it at Yafo. And this is what um, we talked about at the beginning. Like Yafo as a concept, as a name, like it's a, you know, it's a city where people coexist together. And that's what we really wanted to relay. Yeah, that's awesome. So what's, what's the thing you miss like the most that you can't get here that's in Israel? Um, food-wise. Food-wise. I bring it with me. So I go to Israel once a year. Uh, I actually took Frank with me last year. Oh, that's fine. Nice. We did Israel and Greece. Um, oh, for Just the two of you? Uh, our wives were with yeah. us. Um, it was really good. It was that really cool to take him to um, like places where I grew up or places where I lived in Tel Aviv and used to eat. And then we're like walking down the street in Tel Aviv and meet one of my friends by accident. And it's like, oh, that's you're crazy. like really from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we thought you were just from Jersey making yeah. it up. <laughs> um, yeah, what do you bring back? Ha- so I bring alcohol back. I bring mm. arak, which is like a type of ouzo. Uh, I bring tahini. Mm. Uh, Got to check a bag then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it all goes under. And yeah. uh, one time, uh, um, a one kilo, um, it's like a two-pound jar of tahini exploded in my. Oh my in, gosh! In my all over uh, your clothes. <laughs> yeah, oh that no. was harsh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I bring uh, coffee. Oh, um, yeah. Have you ever had like uh, Israeli coffee or like a Turkish coffee? Turkish uh, coffee, uh, with yeah, cardamom. but not like true, like not as real. Is it exactly uh, the it's, same? It's about the Pretty same. Similar. I mean, there's a lot of, it's like basically a really, really uh, strong coffee so with uh, cardamom. Dense. Yeah. Yeah. And flavorful. you don't filter it. You boil it with it. Uh, so now I bring, I got to bring one, like I bring one bag for my chef at South Park because that's like, you want me to bring it to him every time. Uh, and I bring some for myself. And then I bring olive oil from uh, my mm. grandparents. Uh, my grand my grandparents have a few olive trees oh. in their backyard. That's like the best. Um, yeah, Jason always tells me it's not the oil. same. Like you can't even yeah. compare. So I studied abroad in Italy, and we like at the end of the season. It's normally like you know November, December is the harvesting, and they like the fresh press yeah. olive oil. It just has like a little spice to it when it's, it's first really pressed. It's so good. Yeah. Like mm. you can't. It's spicy. It's unfiltered. Um, yeah. So we did this dinner at Camp North End a few weeks oh, ago. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you guys did one um, of those. That's awesome. We did the first one, me and uh, Chef Paul Cruz from uh, Mama Ricotta's. So cool. And uh, Tom Dearness, who's the, um, he oversees Mamas and Pacos. Um, and for one of the courses, um, we did, uh, what was it? Oh, we did a scallop. So we did um, U10 scallops. It's like big scallops over an Israeli couscous saffron risotto. Mm. And we topped oh. it with a gremolata. The gremolata is an Italian condiment of uh, parsley and, um, and uh, lemon zest. Instead of that, we did, uh, so we did parsley and I did preserved lemon instead of that. And so good. the olive oil for the gremolata, I used my family's olive oil. Um, those lucky so people. It was, uh, it was only 40 people there. So those dinners at Kent North and Worth. I know we need to. I know we haven't been know. to one. It was tax <clears throat> season then, so yeah, yeah. I want to I want to check that out. So, it's, can I ask my should question now, Jason? Sure. Is that yeah. Okay, <laughs> you're allowed to ask. That. All right, because Chef brought us these awesome shirts that I've seen displayed at Yafo when we went to the one in Plaza Midwood, which I like that spot. That's a nice big Yafo. Um, but I didn't know these t-shirts would be so soft. <laughs> They're so soft. I highly recommend them. But it says, pour some sugar on me. And I like that because I love the sugar. I always like the Yafo and the sugar. That's like really all I need. Have you tried the red one? No, I didn't know you had a red one. So it's super spicy. I love that. Dude, uh, dude spicy? Oh, yeah. Not, not the way I eat spicy. No, so it is. I, like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> I, eat, I, mean, I drink hot sauce. Yeah, but that's just because you're weird. That doesn't mean you like spicy things. All right. So the green one is uh, parsley, uh, is cilantro, cilantro, jalapeno, yeah. okay. uh, garlic, um, salt, cumin, oil. And what's in the red one? That's it. The red one is very similar, but it's based on habaneros with the mm. seeds. With the oh. seeds, that's yeah. what brings the spice. And then there's a few other uh, spices in there, like fresh tomatoes and uh, garlic and cilantro. Is that new? No, we've we we really don't do a good job promoting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's so spicy. I love it. It has a ton of flavor in it, but uh, it's so spicy that people like we can't have it on the sauce bar. It's not for the masses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I'm there, I always go like I. They call it, like I touch tables. I go mm-hmm. and like I talk to people and like, hey, like, how is everything? What can we do? Um, and I always ask them if if 
Zchuk. So I give away a ton of red Zchuk when I'm there. Mm. Um, How do you say it? Zchuk. Oh my God, I yeah. really screwed that up. So that, no. <laughs> this was one. Really one. screwed it up. <laughs> this is. How'd you say it? Shug. <laughs> yeah. No. Treat yourself. Shug night. Treat yourself. <laughs> Uh, I've learned to accept that yeah. nobody can say That's it. That's how people say it, or they I say like "shug." How do you? How do they, people mostly they come all say to you? "shug"? Yeah, and it's hard. At first, I was like, "That's not how you say it," and I used to get like really yeah. offended. Yeah, and really I'm glad upset. you didn't flip this table at and me. <laughs> he thought about it. <laughs> yeah, but now you've leaned into it with the shirts. Pour some sugar on me. Well, I no, mean, come on now. Well, you can Pour still say it, put on some sugar on me. It doesn't help the confusion. <laughs> no, for three years, and I've been hearing people say it, and I stopped correcting them. <laughs> I'm gonna work on it. It's kind of like my name. I like I respond to Sean as well. <laughs> Sean. I respond to Shay. Yeah, I mean, people say it's SH. I turn around. Doesn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> close I, enough. I understand yeah. that as Yvonne. I'm like yeah. whatever. I'll I'll answer. <laughs> They're like, how so, do you like it pronounced? I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So sh- say it one more time. Shug. Shug. I, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna work on it in the privacy of my own home. Well, it's like we have a new dish. It's called majadra, and it's a rice and lentils and caramelized onions. Mm. Uh, but when I sit, now I can't be and like when we only had one one yafo. I was there, and I would like every time we put something new, I would talk to everyone, and I was there all, every day, all day. Uh, but now we have three restaurants, so I sent an email. And I was like, "This is called majadra," and I re- I spoke to all the chefs and the managers, but I didn't. I don't get to talk to all the employees every day, um, and they because it's with the J, they say majadra. Uh, because yes. they read like a Spanish J. Yeah. And at first I was like, why would you say Mahadra? It's like, it's spelled with a J. And then I realized, okay, I'm not thinking, you know, that's yeah. what like Frank is really good. He always tells me, you know, because you're foreign and like, not, <laughs> like in a good way. He's like, because he's really good in understanding what Americans like. Yeah. Um, that's why he's had so many successful restaurants. Like, he's really good in understanding. Because like we've had things that I made that were delicious, but nobody would eat them. It's just, uh, it's not accessible. Yeah, enough. it's not accessible. Yeah. People don't like, I mean, one of my favorite things, like I make chicken hot pasta. Um, like I grew up eating livers and chicken and stuff like that. And it's, it's a well, matter of... you can of, make that for us. Yeah, we would eat that. Well, I'll do it in one, uh, <laughs> one of the, uh, I'll, I'll do it. In, uh, I really got to do more dinners. Maybe I'll do it in Greenville. Do you guys, uh, do you guys ever go to a food uh, festival? We've, well, no, like we really don't, and we Cause, should. Because the Charleston one's like at the end of tax season, so it's impossible yeah. for me to go. But I would like to go there. But when's the Greenville one? Uh, I, I got to look at the date. So Greenville That's is euphoria, really right? euphoria. Yeah, okay. it's really cool. They have like Michelin star chefs come. Um, I'm and we want to go to Greenville. Um, We've heard such good things. It's a really things. cool city. Yeah. We did it last year. That was my first time there. Uh, it was a fun festival. It's not as big as Charleston, which I think is a positive thing. Yeah. Because the trust one's gotten so big, it's like... It's insane. What was that like, um, your weekend there? In Greenville? In, in Charleston, oh, was that like... Well, the first one, I was just like overwhelmed because like, they don't have any fast casuals. Yeah. They're all like fine. I was really honored to be invited yeah. to participate. Um, and then I realized we have a really big advantage there because... It's hundreds of people, and they stand in line to get your food. I'm like, oh, that's what I do every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the other chefs are, like, trying to make their dishes so complicated, and you would wait, like, 30 minutes in line and get one bite of cauliflower. And it would have been, like, really good, but probably not worth it. Yeah, I bet people were um, so happy to go to your yeah. booth. And, and <laughs> so we turned 600 portions in 45 minutes. What did you do? What was the dish? Uh, we've been doing it for three years now. So uh, last this year... We did three events. The first one was it was it was called a hipster cocktail party. <laughs> um, we did labna, which is a oh, cheese. Yeah. Mm. So Love we did um, uh, we made our own labna, and I put in a push pop. Oh, that's uh, so cool! And it was three different flavors because it was like a hipster. Yeah, right. Party. So we made something. We did a unicorn labna push pop. Oh my gosh, that's um, so cool! So the bottom layer was harissa flavored. The middle oh. layer. Was uh, lemon f- uh, was uh, zatar flavored? Mm-hmm. It was green, so it was bl- uh, red, green. And in the top layer, we used uh, spirulina and lemon zest, so it was like lemon zatar harissa. That's Can awesome. we go back in time and go to <laughs> Charleston food one? <laughs> We're working um, on the technology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so good. Okay, then, we got we got a couple more minutes, so let's. What else you got? I wanted. Okay, so. If you've never been to Yafa, which I highly doubt, like if it's your first time, what do you recommend someone get? 
Damn, that's hard. People always ask me that. Like, what's your favorite thing? Like, well, like, I asked you that. I said what to get. If it's your, your first time, time, get the alpha shawarma bowl. That's what, that's what you get. That's it's like get. the most yeah. accessible thing. It's our bestseller. It's chicken, rice. Get it over rice, though. He's, rice he doesn't usually get it over rice. Usually just get what it. What do you get? Oh, just hummus, right? <laughs> yeah, I like to do the bowls where it's like I like the half babi noosh, half hummus, and then I just put and a just bunch of meat. stuff in there with the lafa and just like... That's what I like kind of how I did here, just like uh, taking the lafa and like... Yeah, lots of dips. No, I, I mean, but I like the sandwich too, like the the lava sandwich. Yeah, um, yeah. Right now, my favorite is that we started doing schnitzel two days ago. I saw <gasps> that. Yeah, yes. Schnitzel. We started doing schnitzel, chicken schnitzel. Um, really, really good. Really, really good. That's that's my favorite at the moment. Did you not eat lava for Passover? Uh, I ate you? all the lava. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we did yeah. not participate. That's, that's no, true. I did not. Uh, so we had a baby last month. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, see, that's bye a bye. good excuse. Like, if you have yeah. a baby, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to the Seder and I'm not, I'm eating bread. Did you use the baby as an excuse? We did. We used being busy <laughs> as an excuse. People are like, oh, do you want to come to the Seder? And like, do you, you're not going to cook anything, right? I'm like, no, I just had a baby. I'll just bring wine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Please don't ask anything else uh, of me. <laughs> you just want to show up with the. And then baby. I went to Israel like a week. So later. what's yeah? So does your really I can just imagine being in a Jewish family and like you own a restaurant. Do they just like ask you to bake stuff all the time? All and bring the time, you stuff? right? Well, it's my wife's family, so they're way nicer. If it was my family, they'd be yeah. like, bring it be. over. So I, I went to, the, to Israel for my sister's wedding, and I ended up cooking for the 50 people that came to my house the next day. <laughs> like impromptu cooked it. Yeah, yeah so just, I got there on Wednesday. Know. The wedding was Thursday. I cooked all day on Friday to have 50 people in my house on Saturday. Welcome to your vacation, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> so. That sounds about right. Well, as a pod yeah. listener, you know we have a recurring segment, the best thing you ate or drank this week. Yes, I've been so, practicing. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, so you're ready. All right. Well, then. Well, I thought it was in my calendar for last week. Okay. And I was like, well, I just went to Israel. I'm definitely going to have the best thing. Well, that's good. Oh, you can no, talk you about can that. You can still talk no, about Israel. Well, it's no, because okay. then you went to Noma, so I'm not going to yeah. start that competition. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit competitive. <laughs> when I was in Israel, I was like, this is what I'm eating right now. I'm going to talk about it on Sunday. And then I realized it's not that Sunday. And then I saw last week you guys went to Noma. And yeah. Like, Fuck, I'm losing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, domestic. Maybe, we're going to do what's the best thing you ate domestically this week. Okay, yes, I think that's fair because we already did a Noma podcast. So I think that's totally fair. Best thing you ate domestically. Oh, man, that changes, every, <laughs> that changes everything. I just messed Jason up. I hate losing. I'm sorry. Okay. So what's, what's the best thing you ate domestically this week? Um, I'll do two things. So we did a, a play. So we were playing with the schnitzel and we did a play on um, Nashville hot chicken. Mm. And we took the red schug. And I dipped the chicken in the red schug. Oh, stop. The, that sounds the amazing. The schnitzel in the red schug. Ran across the street from to Midwood Smokehouse and got a bun. And I did it like with the slaw and the pickles. And we did Okay. Like, it was. That sounds freaking that delicious. That was really, really good. You know what? That should be like a thing. Like you yeah, can run like. We well, like that to do like, the, that's a lo- menu hack. Like, like uh, run across the street. Oh. <laughs> get the bun. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's so a, we called it Israeli hot chicken. It's a Shabeli um, restaurant. That sounds so good. Oh my god! Um, that sounds so Israeli. I'm hot still chicken. thinking about That's that popsicle they made. Yeah, I know the that was the best thing popsicle. I ate this week, and I didn't even eat it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hard to beat. Jason, can you beat that? Well, he had another one. Oh yeah. Um, so because we had the baby, there's a thing called it's called meal trend. People bring yes. food to our house, um, and somebody brought us a poke bowl from Clean Catch on Thursday. Okay, catch. we've never yeah. had their poke bowls. So on Thursdays they do poke bowls. Didn't even know that. I thought you could just get fish there. Uh, That's so cool. Yeah. So I worked. Good. I had to work night, so I got home at like 10 p.m. and like killed a poke bowl. Oh. It's really good. That sounds. He and loves their fish is those. like so much better than everybody else. I know it's super expensive, but I had that. I, had, I was eating that poke. I'm like, I don't ever want to buy fish anywhere else. I yeah. don't want to eat sushi anywhere else. <laughs> well, it's hard with the poke bowls because yeah, you don't want an off yeah. poke bowl. It's got to be real fresh. All right. What's the best thing you ate? This, this coconut limeade and the lava. God, the you're such a pander. <laughs> you're such a pander. That's what he always says. All right, I'll do. It is true. This, I really like, okay, I normally, here's, this is sad, but I usually don't get fun drinks at restaurants because I'm always like, just have water for the calories. Or champagne straight up. <laughs> or just tequila. <laughs> but I've been missing out because this coconut limeade is seriously freaking good and I'm going to get it every it time It tastes now. like the lime and the coconut drink you made. Yes. The islands. Yes. It's the same thing. Only with alcohol in that too. Which so I'm going to try that lime. too. Yeah. yeah. It's a lime and a Absolutely. <laughs> but I will do one more. I also really liked the, uh, we went to Charlotte Wine and Food 
uh, kickoff on Friday night, and I had a cookie dough ball from Swirl Bakery, which is like Celestial Cakery is opening up a bakery called Swirl. Um, May, it's like the first weekend in May, and uh, yeah, raw cookie dough, you know, edible raw cookie dough. That's... I feel like all cookie dough is edible. It really, yeah. yeah thank you. I, I'm, I definitely eat my fair yeah, share we of make, raw eggs. What yeah. chef says you can eat it, you can eat yeah, it. I mean, we safe. make our own cookie dough at Alpha. That's the right. You always have really good cookies. Um, oh, your cookies are really. Yes, good. Then, I forgot about that. Every time I, I walk into a restaurant and they're making the cookie dough, I get like a mezze full of cookie dough. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah, that's the only home. reason why I make cookies because then you can eat. I'll just eat. Yeah. I save like you know a big portion and <laughs> just take a spoon. So yeah, but the limeade right. in the cookie. I'm gonna say the Charlotte food and wine. They the uh, what kitchen was that? The Wolfgang Putt Kitchen. Oh yes, they had a lobster. They roll. had a squid ink lobster roll, and that was very good. Yeah, so they made the bun out of like with with squid yeah, ink. Yeah, so it was like so, a black sorry. bun. Okay, we um, we've got then, we're getting kicked out of the are. podcast studio. But to be fair, we were late. I mean, the people in front of us were ten minutes late. I know. We'll explain yeah, that too. Screw and I up. talked a lot. I'm sorry. No, no, no. we wanted to keep. <laughs> talking. We have to have you back because there's more we can talk about. But anyway, but so thank tell, you so much. Thank yeah, you where for can coming. we find you okay, on the so internet and also do you have your in life. Instagram? Uh, so I have my own Instagram. It's um, shyfarjian. There um, you go. And then obviously the Afo Instagram. Um, that's it. And I'm at the restaurants. And you can go to the Afo in South Park, Plaza Midwood, and in Dilworth off of East Boulevard. And maybe some more dinners coming soon. Oh, or the yeah, Euphoria for, Festival uh, in Greenville. I'm doing a panel on Wednesday with Greg oh. Collier nice. for the CRVA. Um, and then Euphoria, I think, is our next big thing. Well, So, so if you see Shy, you have to go in and say Manishma. <laughs> yes. Manishma. <laughs> Thanks for coming on with us. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Everyone thank have you a great guys. week. Mm-hmm. <laughs>